Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ruined. I'm Hallie. I'm Allison. And this is a podcast. We ruined a horror movie just for you. Just Thank you for joining you. us. How you doing? I'm I'm okay. I was going to say, have you had anything <laughs> particularly horrifying happen to you this week? Not so the general, the, the ambient yeah. horror of the world. Yeah, I would say, and it's so hard because like we're a week or two ahead. So like God knows what has unfolded in Jesus all of the Christ. nightmare corners of our uh, political and, and uh, cultural <laughs> moment. Um, I, uh, the birds are coming back and that is oh, something that's nice. that is Oh, no, not, but you hate them. Oh. I hate them. Well, like there's a big tree outside behind my apartment uh, off my like terrace and, uh, in the winter, there aren't any birds because there's nothing for them to do. But it, we are start. We are entering spring. We are starting to get blooming stuff. And just yesterday, for the first time, there was a bird like on the railing of my terrace, and I was just like, "Don't you try and get in here." Um, I do like that you're. You know, as we <laughs> approach forty, <clears throat> um, uh, you are are solidifying your role in your neighborhood as. Woman with contentious relationship with the birds. Yes, yes. A New York You gotta have that lady on your block, okay? Also, like, I've asked other people in my, I have a friend in my building who lives, like, exactly three floors up from me, and I'm like, did you ever get a bird fly directly into your window or door? And she was like, Mm -hmm. no. And I'm like, ugh. I'm, like, exactly at the right height for the tree. But now that Riz is here, Riz the cat, cat of the pod, um... I do feel like his presence in the windowsill might deter the birds. Because I used to have a big fake owl, Mm -hmm. and I put it away for the season. But I might not need it this year because now Riz is there, like, terrifying anything that comes across the terrace. And he's basically an owl. Yeah, he is. Um, Any horrors on your end? Um, well, I will say, oh, okay. also, if you're new, uh, obviously, we just joined Crooked Media. If you're new to the pod, welcome. If you're an old hand, you're not going to be surprised with this. So I finally, whatever, you you know what podcasts are. I finally was able to get to a point with a psychiatrist, as I have been talking endlessly for months, and I apologize Terrific. to everyone about how I believe I have ADHD and I would like to uh, become medicated. And I finally um, got an appointment, but it's a telehealth, like it's a teledoc mm. appointment. And that is unfortunately where we're at, where it's like you, I, know. I mean, like I have an appointment in July, but that's, I, I couldn't get one July. before then. Yeah. And like, I'm going to go, but in the meantime, I was like, well, I guess I'll just, you know, Zoom with the person someone. I meet on the Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. And what's crazy is like, that is just how things are. Like you uh-huh. can easily get medication, but it's hard to meet with, let alone consistently meet with the healthcare provider. And then I saw that, um, Weight Watchers is kind of giving up the game, which I guess on some level I, I support rather than being like, you can lose weight using numbers. It's like, yeah. not, I mean, you can, but it went I guess. Cost. Yeah, and it's all going to come back because um, it's it's not good for you. Um, 
but they bought a, uh, a platform called Sequence that you'll be able to do like a telehealth appointment to get Ozempic um, and oh, other boy. weight loss injectables. And I'm, I'm honest, did I really think, well, I'm probably going to get it then. But also, again, that that to me, even more so than psychiatric drugs, which is maybe a little ridiculous, like they, but they both should be something where you are consistently seeing a doctor. But the idea that like somebody's going to send me an injectable to my house, I don't yeah. know, man. Without There's- having a doctor... I don't know. Like, I'm sure you do have to see a doctor. Like, I'm not saying that that's not part of it. No, totally. But the at-home, in-the-mail medical uh, part of society continues apace to the point where, hypothetically, we'll all be getting those that big in our house. Yes. Which feels, I don't know. It doesn't feel great. I mean, I've had to give myself injections um, Mm -hmm. of various medicines over the years. And, like, I don't know. Is it that different than, like— somebody talking to you for five minutes and then you stop at the pharmacy and bring it home. I mean, it's yeah, just an no, easier, right. it's yeah. less errands. <laughs> I guess I'm more concerned, like, what if I you take something, whatever it is, any kind of medication, and, and happen to be someone who has an adverse effect. Yeah. And then you're just trying to Zoom them. I don't know. Like, that yeah. to me. It is. Um, we're, we're in a, a very odd uh, point yeah. in the American medical system and the healthcare system and, like, what, you know, the pandemic and the, like, rise of technology uh, from your own home has, like, done to, like, we like, me- I never would have thought that, like, you could video chat with a doctor and that that would be, like, the most common way people were talking to health the professionals. easiest way. Yeah, I was able to get one in two weeks versus seeing someone in, in person. Um, yeah, it just, I mean, look, I'm sure there are benefits to it. I mean, there's a lot of places where you can't sure. see someone. So like, that is obviously good for that. But right. I, and there's something about the Ozempic. I'm like, I, I feel like a doctor should be in the room when you get that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the Ozempic of, all, of it all is very uh, complicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll keep posted on, on the, those developments. Yes. Yeah, but, we'll uh, let you know what's happening with the birds and if Hallie has uh, ADHD. <laughs> those those yeah, are things I mean, that we'll, we'll sort out. Um, and I think before we get to this week's movie, we would like to tell everybody, if you're new, this is going to be a new fun thing, um, which thank you, uh, new Crooked listeners. But we're doing another live show Sunday, April 30th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And we are ruining The Pope's Exorcist, uh, starring um, Russell Crowe. Um, oh, if, if interesting. Watch, if you watch any of um, WrestleMania, uh, I only got little glimpses of it uh, via Twitter. But I'll tell you, it wet my whistle for this movie because it was like wall to wall the Pope's Exorcist ads. And I think that's extremely <laughs> funny. That's very um, funny. And it is, I don't need to tell you, It uh, Russell Crowe plays the Pope's Exorcist. I don't know oh, what great. else you want from us. It's going to be great. We're having a great yeah. time. That's going to be so fun. So you can get um, tickets at moment.co slash ruined. And if you can't make it at 7 p.m. or 4 p.m. Um, or whatever time zone you happen to live in, uh, the feed is up for 72 hours after. So you have, you know, two or three days, whatever that works out to, um, yeah, to catch the us. live show. And we have a fun chat. We'll play some drinking games. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a great time. So get your tickets, uh, Sunday, April 30th, 7 p.m. Eastern moment.co slash ruined. Um, and if you think you're, you think we're loose now, my friend, we oh are loose you should see us a little drunk in the live show. <laughs> um, and I, you're going to need it because we're doing a, he- like a heavy fucking mm. movie this week. We're doing, uh, David Cronenberg's 2022 movie, Crimes mm. of the Future. 
Um, oh boy. We've obviously done, um, you know, uh, David Cronenberg films before. Yes. Videodrome being a classic um, of from his oeuvre, which is extensive. And this, I feel like um, his most recent film uh, got some mixed reviews. I saw it. When did it come out? It came out in June. Summer. I saw it when I was going insane. Um, uh, I, I had just come out, or it was out to myself, but was not out to um, by friend of the pod, um, my my ex fiance Dave Schilling, an incredible writer and and a, a friend of mine to this day. And I saw this during that time, which mm. I think is why it like imprinted on me as a movie yeah. I really enjoyed. Because yeah, it's got everyone's names a little silly. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it yeah. is, it is grotesque in the Cronenberg way. But he is making big political swings in a way that I really enjoyed, and especially at the time. I, I don't know, I was such a raw nerve, and there was something yeah. about the body in that moment that I really appreciated. Um, but of course, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer for the film. Allison, what did you think about the trailer for uh, Crimes of the Future? I did not like this one. Yeah. This one is tough. It's, it's like, a tough one. And like, it's also like, not only is like kind of the body horror um, super traumatizing, but just also like the general tone of the film is like, so, like, I feel like we've done movies where it's like, there's wild body horror, but like, we're kind of having fun. Um, yes, yeah, like, but video drum, like, it, it is like a, it is, um, sensationalist, but in a way where it's like, it, it's over you're, the you're, top, it's over and, the top, it's kind of thrilling, yeah. And this is very somber and yeah. dark and like just kind of feels grueling in a way. It is the grueling is absolutely word for this movie. This is the kind of what like movie where I feel like watching it. I definitely cried upon rewatching it, mm. and I feel like if you're on the fence because we obviously have people who don't watch horror at all who listen, but then also big horror fans um, who just enjoy the re-listen. I I, I do the same um, as well. Uh, I think if you're on the fence, I don't know, man. I don't want to tell you not to see it. Obviously, I mm-hmm. I got a lot out of it, but be be in the right mindset because this is a yeah, this is a fucking, that's a good uh, doozy. That's a good lesson. Um, we also like to take a baseline scary of what, how scary does Allison find the, the concept of the film? And there's a lot of concepts in the film, but I would say. Seems concept Allison, How scary do you find the concept of the vulnerable human body in the world? I mean, as someone who is routinely getting operated on for my back, um, it's both like not that scary. Like, there's something about, like, especially when we talk about, like, injuries or surgeries or those things where I'm like, part of it is not that scary because I lived mm-hmm. through that and I'm like, I don't know, like, there's worse shit. But then part of it's very scary because I lived through that kind of thing and, like, I understand, like, to go from being okay to not okay out of the way is very familiar to me. And it's, 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 if it, like, I've been very lucky that all the times I've herniated discs, I've been sitting in a chair at work or mm-hmm. in my home getting dressed. And, like, not that there's any good place, but, like, I haven't been crossing the street. I haven't been, like, with someone who would take advantage of, like, an injury. Like, it's all yeah. been... So it's just, like, you know, you think about, like, oh, my God, what if I was, like, walking on a bridge and this happened? <laughs> like, and then you were just, like, immobilized or something. Like, it, there is something very real about that kind of fear. And then, then from that, how scary do you find the concept of the vulnerable child's body in the world? Oh Often. no, that's yeah, it's very, not, that's tough. There's kids in this. Oh yeah, ah! uh, just one, but uh, it's not good. Um, but yeah, oh, that, I feel like you had mentioned that before when we were discussing doing this movie. 
And I, I think um, this is a, sort of a, a movie that is relevant for our time in, in, a, in a way we are talking about children as, it feels like we talk about children a lot, whether it's like gun violence or like anti-trans, you know, mm-hmm. violence. Like we talk about children as like screens on which we project our ideas mm-hmm. um, rather than individuals. Like we were all children, like we were all sentient the yeah. whole time and had like opinions and things. Uh, and and lives, and so I think this movie is is sort of about the the meaning of the body, okay. you know, and in this case, a child's body, but more broadly, like all the things we put on the body when we if we if we lose track of like the body itself has mm-hmm. meaning, you know, like everyone has value and meaning. It it's almost like how do you get away from that r- true reality? I don't know, but we're doing it all yeah. the time to yep. everybody, you know, like it's. Every group, we we seem to be able to do it. And um, so that's why I think this movie is sort of examining. Um, and Allison, based on what you know about this, which is like, I don't even know what you can intuit about the plot of this from the trailer, but um, what do you think the twist will be in David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future? Guess the twist. I, like, I could guess that, like, people are in the future, um, people are mutilating, yes. like, mm-hmm. or uh, altering their bodies. I would say mutilating because I think altering mm-hmm. your body is a perfectly acceptable thing to do, and this seems like mutilation. Um, so uh, sew your yeah. eyes shut. I'm just like, pass. Um, <laughs> but uh, I that maybe the guy who spearheaded all of this is an alien? Okay, <laughs> all right. I, I like it. No, that's perfect. That's exactly I know, that what big, I want like weird hard thing that they're in the trail. I don't know. It just seems like otherworldly. That's you just summed up all the David Cronenberg's entire cinematic uh. aesthetic. That big hard weird thing <laughs> that that guy is inside of, or is inside of a <laughs> yeah, guy. Totally. But yeah, let us begin. We'll ruin crimes of the future. So we open on the credits, which is already sort of like alluding to we're going to get in mm. the body. We are in mm. the body so much in this Great. movie. Um, as a, you know, again, David Cronenberg, body horror. Why, why mess with the good thing? You know what I mean? He knows if it ain't broke, what he's into. So it's eyes shut. Yeah, if it ain't broke, <laughs> baby. Um, we, uh, oh, they're sort of tattooed internal organs. So they're internal organs with tattooed images on them. And then we open on uh, a phenomenal image to set us up for where we are in the future, which is like the near future. And we see a little boy playing on a, a stony beach near a beached capsized luxury cruise ship. Okay. So we are close enough to when there would have been luxury cruise ships Yes, right now. Mm-hmm. And this is the emblem of like, things have fallen to shit. So yeah. let's say it's 20 years from now. You know, it's okay. really okay. not that. It's it's close enough, but things have rapidly Times of the changed. very near future? Yes. Um, <laughs> and the little boy's name is Brecken. And he's sort of digging around the rocks. And there's like all this, unfortunately, p- plastic debris, uh, which is constantly I- in the ocean. And he's scooping in his, with a spoon. And his mom, Juna, yells from their patio, which is right on the, the beach. And she says, I don't want you to eat anything you find in there. I don't care what it is. Which is already a red flag because he's absolutely just scooping up plastic and rocks. Right? There's no food <sighs> anywhere. Right. Yeah. It's not like, ooh, chicken nuggets. Um, but, uh, he goes back inside and that night we see Brecken brushing his teeth. And again, I'm so bad at, with the ages of children. I mean, he's seven or eight. He's sure. little, he's not 10. He's older than five. I'm going to say seven. And we see his mother sitting on the edge of their bed while he brushes his teeth. And then Brecken sort of ducks down under the bathroom sink 
and he bites into and starts munching on a plastic uh, waste paper basket. Like you'd bite into an ice cream cone. Mm. And he produces okay. this very thick white saliva. And as he's eating this plastic can, his mother's watching him. Unfortunately, Allison, <sighs> as soon as he goes to sleep, she picks up a pillow and smothers him. It is horrifying. He fights what? her. He's trying to scream, Mom. And to the point where she has to lay down on top of him and press the pillow uh, over his face. Why? Well, later she, we see her on the toilet and she's sort of like hitting her foot against the trash can. And she gets a phone call and she says to the person, tell Lang if he wants to come pick up the body of the creature he calls a son. <gasps> yes, I mean the Brecken thing. He can come to the address I gave you. It will be here and I won't be. And she Ooh. hangs up and she breaks down sobbing. Oh my God. And we see Lang, played by Scott Speedman, uh-huh. oh, her ex-husband, fun. arrive at the house and run inside and find his son's body in the bed. Mm. We then cut to uh, our main character, Saul Tenser, um, who is a performance artist. He Great. is played by Viggo Mortensen. He's sleeping inside what I would call a giant sort of umber rotating uh, placenta that's big enough for You're an adult saying man that like in. anybody's mm-hmm. going to be able to imagine. Well, but if you're imagining I it, mean, that is kind of what it is. Rotating placenta. I mean, it's yeah, that is a description of imagine it. Your, imagine your placenta. Imagine you're in a placenta, Allison, and it's dangling from the, the ceiling, and you're also mm. connected to these very like organic looking um, tubes mm. that are sort of uh, like tentacles attached to different parts of your body, and then the placenta bed is constantly shifting. Specifically mm-hmm. to ease the pain in your body, which actually you kind of relate to this as someone who has had multiple spinal that surgeries. That sounds kind of great. <laughs> like, yeah, imagine a bed. I'll be honest, it's, it doesn't really fit your aesthetic. But no. it, it, the idea is that it's constantly um, moving to ease the physical pain of Saul Tensor, who sleeps inside of it. Okay. And he is awakened by his fellow artist, assistant, and of course lover, mm. uh, Priest. And she wakes him up and says, you know, how did you sleep? He's like, is I think Kristen you Stewart? It's not, the bed is not anticipating my needs anymore. So such extreme pain, the bed is constantly rotating and he's saying it's not, it's not cutting it anymore, right? Okay. Caprice tells him, I will call Lifeformware, which is the company, the tech company that made the bed. It's so funny to think that like um, a company made that. (laughs) 100%. It feels like not like that's in in a world where like, there's, there aren't, there's a, like, I imagine in the future, there's just one company. <laughs> I mean, I think that's sort of the implication. And I oh, think, okay. Um, that part of it is that, like, instead of addressing our actual needs, we have created technology to try to mitigate them. Yes. Instead of addressing, like, why do you feel like shit? We created right. a bed that moves constantly so you feel a little less like shit. Yes. Um, yes. Which also ties into our conversation about the medical uh, field or health insurance as it is right now, unfortunately. She said, I'll call Lifeformware right away. They're usually good about sending someone out. And she tells him the test cooked all night and the results are in. There's a new hormone in Tensor's body. Allison, stay with me here. Saul Tensor has a condition of of the future where he generates new organs on a regular basis. These are novel organs that no one's ever seen before. No. Allison, you think that's crazy? Things are going to get so much crazier. That's why I say stay with me. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I, please. I'm going to try. Um, well, that being said, uh, they refer to him as neo-organs. And beyond that, Allison, he has made it his art. He is a performance artist. 
And he talks about it like you and I would talk about a script. Like, oh my God, I thought I was all dried up. I thought I didn't have any more in me. And she's like, he's no, like I had organ incredible. block. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, thank God. And Caprice is like, oh my God, this would be a good one. And she uses like a very Cronenberg device where instead of um, like stethoscope, it's an eye stethoscope where the cord goes into your torso. So kind of like a tin can with a string, but the other tin can is uh, Viggo Mortensen. And she's okay. able to look inside it. Okay. And she's like, okay, great. Like, it looks like an endocrine gland. It's about the size of an adrenal gland. And he's so he's like, oh, that's not even, that's not very exciting. A gland. I want like a big No one's shelling organ. out cash for tickets to see a gland. Exactly. That's his concern. And she's like, please, like you're an artist. This is a brand new organ. It's never been seen before. And it's functional. And that's pretty exciting. And he's like, you know, you're right. I can't get down on myself all the time. Right. But he tells her, like, you really have, please call life form where I am, this organ is causing even more pain. And I really would like them to come out and fix my bed, right? Allison, stay with me. It turns out that part of their performance art is that Caprice tattoos the new organs, right? She adds okay. a, a tattoo pattern to the organs while they're still inside um, Saul's body. Ugh. Also, like... As someone who has tattoos, uh, that sounds horrifyingly painful. But also doesn't <laughs> to it do, sound like soft tissue. It sounds pretty punk rock too. And she does say it's Super very punk hard to do because it's so slippery. I'm like, yes, oh, of it course. would be. It absolutely it would, would be. be. Everything and, inside, pretty slick. And he says, you know, he's like, because you know, she does these like elaborate patterns which you saw of the credit sequence. He says, well, why don't you just use like really recognizable, like a proper tattoo, like an anchor, like a thing that says mother. She's like, no, like the tattoos have to be uniquely self-referential. This is my part of the art, you know. Um, and they have been contacted by a new uh, group, the National Organ Registry. So basically, this is a new, not even publicly announced government office mm -hmm. where they are basically saying, this has been happening to a lot of people where they're generating new organs. Mm -hmm. So we need you, when you have the organ removed, to register it with us. Because we're trying to figure out why this keeps happening. It's the future, but there, even that's a lot for the future. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not too far in the future where we'd be like, of course, register all the organs. And even though the bed was bad, Allison, we see Caprice eating think the breakfast. Bed was bad. And she's like a white, like this, her breakfast is like kind of little anthropology. Like she has like a white blouse and she's eating gruel. And then he's in what I would describe as a, um, like, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Barca lounger made out of human uh, skeletal bones. So it's like a uh -huh. white bone that a yes. uh, chair that's constantly rotating so that he could eat. Um, it's called, of course, the breakfaster, which actually is much more <laughs> straightforward than the bed, which is called the orchid bed. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Breakfaster. I'm like, I get it. <laughs> uh, right. You know, you were eating breakfast and you have to get into your skeleton chair that constantly moves so you can swallow. That's what he's It having. reminds me. Have you seen those videos of dogs um, yes. that yeah. have, like, some kind of digestive Aww. issue where, like, they can't be on all fours eating because, like, they can't swallow. They have to be in these, like, upright, like, high chairs that they yeah. get, like, they, like, get in and then they eat kind of, like, in a more human-like uh, position. It's so sweet. You know, I'm glad we figured like, that out for them. Yeah, as someone who only eats on all fours, like, you really yes. do feel bad for those guys. Yeah, that's tough. Um, that evening, uh, after he chokes down his food, he's barely able to swallow it. Um, they leave. They leave in what I would describe as an abandoned life lighthouse. Um, oh, okay. it looks like they're in Greece again. Like things have fallen. Uh, the earth has fallen on hard times, um, and people have turned to of of everything. And I guess there's no inclination that there is the internet. So let's say the internet mm -hmm. has also collapsed. Mm -hmm. Everyone is okay. out. Everyone is out doing and watching performance art. Allison, 
this is the near future. I mean, live performance is back, baby. Exactly. And to be a part of an audience, the electricity, we've all been in those rooms as people who have done comedy. Um, So Tensor always wears a hood and a mask because he's kind of a little bit famous. And they walk through the streets of town together. Um, So, a question. Yes, please. Oh, please. Please ask as many questions (laughs) as you need. (laughs) You're like, I can't understand how you could have a question about this very straightforward No, 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 no. why doesn't he need a machine to make him move? Is if like is him walking enough to keep the pain at bay? And it's more just if he's sitting or lying down that there's not enough movement. Like he could he could go out in the world and walk around. Yes, he could walk around and he could do his performance art. We see okay. him go to offices. We see him. Yeah, like we see him go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. I think it's like if his body's at rest, it's an extreme okay. pain. So when okay. he's sleeping, when he's trying to sit and eat, I think you're you're right. I think it's unfortunately these moments where. He cannot do it. Like, his okay. body just starts to attack him. Um, so they're going, of course, to a performance uh, piece. And on the way there, we see uh, two men and women. And they are sort of making out in a dark corner of a street. And they're nice. cutting each other with a blade, Allison. And one of the <sighs> men looks up. And we he recognizes Tensor as, like, this famous performance artist. And that man is Lang, who we saw that is Brecken's father. Okay. And we see him bite into what looks like a purple protein bar, much like our sponsor, Mosh. Mosh, get the fuel you need to fight crimes of the future. Brain food for future crime. This is also a great, like, it always looks like it's the dead of night, so it's never clear. So it is at the nighttime. Sorry, I said they were going to a performance art uh, show. That's later. They are actually going to the National Organ Registry at night Mm. like you do. Love a night appointment. And he meets um, Tim Lynn, who is played by Kristen Stewart. And Whip It, who are the two employees there. And they are so start like, oh, my God, he's here. Oh, my God, you are so famous. Like, uh, I, we cannot believe we're meeting you. Like, because they work in the organ registry. So they're like, oh, we know everyone's organs. This so is their whole thing. Yeah. Like, you are iconic. You have been doing, like, apparently he, like, invented tattooing the organs. Like, he has created a portfolio of all his organs, which they're like, thank you for giving this. This is very important because then we could actually catalog, like, Mm-hmm. Why is this happening? You know, that, that try to draw any conclusions from the any, organs, yeah. right? And also, every set looks like a fucking dump. So it's like they go to the office. It's not a night. Like, everything is, yeah. again, uh, bureaucracy has collapsed. Like, the government is, you know, clearly struggling. Yes. Um, and they're like, we're currently, we're secret, but we're going to be made public. We're going to be part of the new vice unit under the Justice Department. And Tensor's like, this okay. isn't a vice. Like, I don't, I, this just happens right. to me. Like, I'm, we're not committing a crime. And uh, Caprice is like, wait, can you explain this? Like, how, how is this supposed to work? And Whippin and Timlin says, basically, um, governments all over the world have noticed that human bodies seem to be evolving. And Whippin explains, human evolution is the concern that it's going wrong, <clears throat> that it's, uncontrolled it's insurrectional it might lead us to a bad place so sort of like they want to catalog these organs because they're coming from a place of this is bad and it does seem like a human thing like as soon as a human body changes we have to immediately like stigmatize it categorize it and then try to control it that does seem like us Taylor's oldest time. <laughs> and Whippet points out, which is some other important information for what is going to happen in the movie, Allison is, he said, for example, in addition to the organs, the world has become a much more dangerous place because people do not feel pain anymore. <gasps> nor do they get infections. 
And he's like, that's horrible because pain is a warning system. It is the body needs pain. And what does it mean now that it's gone? And he said, in fact, people are sort of, he's lamenting the new fad desktop surgery. So people just started doing surgery in public. Oh and my God. Fair, Allison, we absolutely would be doing that. Oh, no question. It would we're be already just YouTubers just close. doing surgery at each other. Yeah, we're already like, it's like you can walk into like something called a med spa and get like full plastic surgery at this point and walk out. Like it's, we're doing absolutely. it. And, and again, like people would be doing it for, uh, uh, accolades for, for the artistic part of it, of course, but also for attention, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Timlin says, okay, anyway, so our records uh, indicate you've been growing novel organs for years, but you always have them removed. And Capri Intenser is like, look at this guy. Like, he looks horrible. Of course we have them yeah. removed. They're basically tumors. The guy could barely stand up. Right. And Caprice explains, I remove these organs as a part of our performance. We're performance mm-hmm. artists. So basically, Allison, as their performance, and again, they don't really, nobody feels pain anymore. They open up uh, sensors, Tensor's body and they remove the tattooed organs and then everyone applauds and has champagne. That is their performance. I and, guess. I, listen, <laughs> and again, would, if you could draw the crowd. If you could be like, oh, I'm a millionaire now. You see what people will do for Patreon, including us. Oh. Uh, thank you for everyone who um, uh, yes. is part of our Patreon. Uh, probably not a lot of self-surgery in the future, but, you know, you never know where things are going to go no. financially for us. But, you know, you see what people do now for money. Absolutely. Maybe, everyone will be taking out their organs if, if you can oh, get for paid. Sure. Um, but Timlin and Caprice sort of have this, like, little tension. Timlin's obviously hitting on Tensor and is, like, sort of jealous of... of Caprice, so they get to have this like uh, artistic life that seems so important to her, you know. Um, and Caprice says, you know, I met one. Um, Saul was injured on duty, and I was a trauma surgeon at First General. And when we met, we unleashed things in each other. Oh, mm. I would love to be in a relationship where something I, I, we unleash something in each other. I love that description. Yeah, because then they were unleashing like, very horny. Don't we want to all be unleashed? Mm. Maybe one day. Um, and Whippet started joking, like, I'll tell you what you guys are. You're stars, okay? Everyone wants to be a performance artist these days, but not everyone could do it. You guys are the fucking best. Finally, they're like, we're going to register your new organ, that, the one that's growing in his body right now that hasn't even been removed. And so they sort of take their ocular cords. And they're like, oh, my God, the tattoo work is incredible. It's almost sensual. And, you know, thank you for coming in and thank you for giving us all this information we actually are going to tattoo um, the organs we received to indicate, like, where they're from, much like you guys. We're sort of going to take your bit and and use it on these other organs. And their concern is if you don't take the organs out, they might become hereditary and then be passed down parent to child. And the okay. concern about that is if that happens, then the child is not strictly human. And the government is very, very concerned about who is or is not a human. Why wouldn't it be human? Because it has different organs yes basically they're saying like if it evolves into something that is not a human that is scary and dangerous okay and again that i guess the government would do that like it's like we i mean we, we feels only, like it we only know how to address change by assuming it's horrible and punishing yes. people so that makes sense uh back at home caprice is pissed she's like why did you invite those two fucking weirdos to our show which is the next night. He's like, I don't know, it'll be on our side. They could see, you know, like, all the value and the beauty of what we do, yeah. you know? We're proving that this isn't, you know, a crime. Or yeah. We, yeah. 
And Caprice is like, I don't know about that Timlin. She's especially creepy, which is really funny to see, like, in such a creepy world to have somebody be like, no, but she, even we think she's creepy. Yeah. is amazing. Um, and then he tells her, and by the way, I hate the uh, tattoo you put on the organ. I think it takes away meaning from the from the organ. And then they're having, like, a passive-aggressive, like, lover's quarrel. The specific tattoo or just the tattooing in general? I think the tattooing in general. I think he's, I think, there's sort of this tension of, like, who is the artist? Like, he's I making see. the organs, but it is her art on them. So I think it is, like, a, you know, she does not want to feel like she's just the assistant or just, like, the muse. You know, she's like, right. it is my art. And she says, anyways, the life form technicians are here and you need to get into the placenta bed, you know, so they could mm-hmm. they could fix it, you know. Like, however, most fights end is when uh, someone arrives to fix your placenta bed. Yeah. The technicians that arrived are named Burst and Router. So that's oh. where we're at with, when I saw Router, I'm like, Router fucking off Cronenberg Router. Is it. Yeah, Router is it. Um... And so they're looking, they're like, we're going to fix the orchid bed, and then we can take the information from that and fix the breakfaster chair, don't worry. And then they look at their paperwork, like, oh my God, you have a SARC unit. And he's like, yep, and the SARC unit is, used to be an autopsy capsule, but they stopped making them. But uh, sure. Ten Stone Capri's have this autopsy capsule, but they don't, they're like, why do you have this? You don't perform autopsies, right? Well, Allison Caprice walks in and looks at this. It looks like a giant um, organic coffin. Like, yeah. it looks like a beetle, but like big enough for a man to be yeah. inside. And Caprice walks in and says, it's my paintbrush. Cut to the performance art show where there's a bunch of people filming it. Because, okay, <sighs> of course you'd fucking film this. Oh, of course. But like, and where course, would you put it? <laughs> I Well, that's the thing. I guess like when you're that successful, you just- Without the ha- internet, where's it going? <laughs> Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I think you projected on like a bunch of old tube TVs, which are also in the room. And there's one where it just says body is reality. It's like, hell yeah. All right. (laughs) Okay. So they're now doing their show. Also, Lang is there and he's eating one of the purple bars and he's not filming. He's like clearly very distressed, obviously, having been through what he's been through with the sun. Caprice uses a control pad on her torso, which looks like what I would describe. And I'm just going to say is a turtle that's also a vagina. And it's covered in sort of glowing oh. rainbow buttons. And with it, okay. she controls the appendages of the Sark unit, which sort of like looks like insect um, legs or skeletal arms. Great. Um, and they cut uh, into Tensor's body, which because it is not, he doesn't experience pain, is sort of sexual, like his pain seems sexual, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the little arms open up his body and they reach in to pull out the tattooed organ and the crowd gasps. And then Capri seals him back up and then everyone's having cocktails and they have like the organ in a jar and they're like, oh my God, that was incredible. Like you were, you guys were crazy. They're so good. What and happens to the organs after they're removed? Is, are they all just kind of somewhere? They're, they're taken to the National Organ Registry. Okay. So that's, so they okay. have to be taken there. Yes. And that is my understanding. I don't know what they did beforehand. I think they probably would just put them in a jar and put them in their house. Yeah. Because I don't think you're doing anything with them. Um, right. But Tamlin and Whippet are looking at the organ and Whippet's like, please don't go over and talk to them. Like, we, we shouldn't have even come. This is so embarrassing. And, and so Tamlin's like, absolutely not. She goes over and immediately starts hitting on Tensor and asks him the question, which I think is, it's not the pivotal question, but it is, again, the most Cronenberg question in the movie, which is, surgery is sex, isn't it? Surgery is the new sex. Now, Allison, do you think that surgery is the new sex? No. I mean, not now. Are I we guess headed in- there? I don't think 
So... Surgery is certainly something. It's certainly the new something, it, like, it but is sexual. Like, I don't know. It's I've found it to be very not sexual when I've had surgery. Like right. it is that very would be shocking to find out if it was though. Like I understand there's like just kind of some fundamental like you are entering. You are like trying to yes. create a new sensation or the eliminate a bad sensation. Like I get that. Like there are parallels, but I just don't see a world where like we end up kind of merging those two experiences. I concur. And and I think, you know, again, if people listen, can't feel pain, are they orgasming? You know, it's like I unclear. feel like you need like it's like the pain pleasure, the two sides of a coin. Like if you can't feel what like does the other exist? Right. And I think there's not a lot that implies they experience pleasure. They don't really talk about a pleasure as much now that you're saying it. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. That's a really good question. Do you need to have pain to experience pleasure, you'd think the same mechanism by which pain would, uh, would if pain doesn't exist, you'd think pleasure yeah. also wouldn't exist. Nerves. Uh, and, David Cronenberg, if you're listening, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, I'm pain sure he and, knows the answer and definitely. maybe I just didn't intuit it. But Tensor says, does there need to be a new sex? Which I think is also a great question. Does there Absolutely. need to be a new sex? What's wrong? What's wrong with the old way? And Tilda says, of course. And she says, I just want you to know when I saw Caprice cutting into you, I wish you were cutting into me. And then she runs away. And Carrie says, what the hell was that? And Tensor says, ah, another epiphany. Art triumphs again. Uh, We also see Burst and Router are there. And they're talking to uh, Lang and this other guy about the, like, oh, my God. Like, we are working on his machines. Like, they are iconic. Like, we love them. And we see Lang is eating one of his purple protein bars. And he puts it down. And then the guy, the drunk guy next to him, picks it up and takes a bite. Allison, he immediately becomes violently ill and collapses. Okay, and everyone so the sort purple of runs protein over. bars, something's happening with them. So and we've seen specifically Lang. Yeah, so we've seen Lang eat it. Somebody else ate it and basically dropped yeah. dead instantly. Okay. Uh, Lang runs out with his bars. People run over. The next day, Whippet and Timlin visit Detective Cope, who is a detective at the new Vice Unit. And he says, okay, we need to talk about Saul Tenser. And like, yeah, we know him. We have his organ portfolio. He came in like he's supposed to, you know. And he started trying to find out because he works in Vice. He's like, okay, so what the fuck are we talking about? And Tim says, he's a, you know, he's an artist. He's a new organ. It's like discovering a new Picasso to him. Mm-hmm. And Cope lifts up his shirt and he has like a lump on his abdomen. He says, you know, am I, am I an artist too? Take a look at that lump. Does that make me Van Gogh? Timlin, Timlin's very offended by this and says, He takes the rebellion of his own body and seizes control of it, shapes it, tattoos it, displays it, creates theater out of it. It has meaning, very potent meaning, and many, many people respond to it. Dr. Cope's like, okay, I'm just a cop. Okay, you don't have to get mad at me, you know. And he's looking at the portfolio of the organs, and he's like, well, if anything, Caprice seems like the artist. She's the one tattooing it. He just, he's kind of a glorified organ donor. If you ask me, I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. It's like, she's the one who's out here doing the work. And they say, well, we actually have some suspicions based on like the sheer number of organs he's growing. We think on some level, and it might be just subconscious that Saul Tensor is actually making his organs grow. Like he is psychological, like he's somehow mentally causing this. Yeah. Even if he doesn't, isn't aware of that, which is a cope's like, that's, that'd be fucking crazy. Okay. So they leave, and in the morning, Caprice comes to wake up Tensor, and the bed is let him know that he's already developing a new organ. He literally just got the old one out, and she said, should we be worried? Because normally it takes a minute. 
And now you're just making them like this. He says, I don't know. I'm mm. feeling very creative. Um, then they go, the next Freaky Deaky Art Night, uh, we see the artist from the trailer, um, Clint Kick, Clint Kick, mm. who is, of course, a, a nude gentleman whose eyes and mouth are sewn together, or so closed, and he's covered in ears. And he yeah. does sort of like a sensual dance while everyone watches. Mm. And um, Come on, man, yeah, listen, he's you know what he's living out loud and he's going for it. And for he that, I applaud out loud. Him. So um, he's doing him. He's doing him, Allison. Uh, and this, Saul's kind of watching, crouched in the shadows with his like mask and hood up. And this woman, Adrian, comes over and says, "You know those ears don't even work right. They're just for show." Which I thought was like such a mean, like bitchy thing that someone would say so if this bitchy. became a new art. It's like. Yes. Fucking hero. He's that's humiliating. Like, can you believe it? <laughs> but the thing is, she's actually that artist's biological coordinator. So it's actually on her. You know, it's like, yeah, wait, that's your fault, her. lady. Yeah. And she says to Tensor, Are you working on anything new? He's like, I kind of don't know until it shows up. Like, I'm not working oh. on anything. Like, maybe, you know, Just I see so. what kind of horrors befall me and then trying <laughs> to turn it into art. <laughs> and they try to eat soup and I want to die. Like, that's kind of my whole bag, lady. Like, I sleep in an egg. Yeah. You tell me, I, yeah, I sleep in an egg and it rotates me and I scream all night. Like, grow up. But, um, she said, have you heard of Dr. Nassiter? And she says, inner beauty is special, just like you. Wig, wig. And she gives him a slip of, slip of paper and says, I made you an appointment. He's like, oh, is this like a, a consultation because you think I have a medical problem? I mean, you, and she's like, no, no, you I do have a medical Like, just to be clear. Are you fucking implying that absolutely have a medical problem? If anyone has a medical it's problem, you. it is you, dude. I'm sorry to be it's what the definition of what a medical problem is. <laughs> yeah, I think like you're doing the best you can with it, but it, it is, is a, a problem. problem. It affects your life in a negative way. And she says, no, actually, you need a consultation because you have a political problem. And then she just kind of sidles away into the crowd. Outside, we see Tensor shambling his way home. Only to be followed by Lang, who finally who like confronts him because even Lang's sort of like following him to these different events. And Lang has unfortunately has an idea, Allison. And Lang says, I saw idea. you use like your SARC module. Have you ever done an autopsy with one? I want you to do a, an, a public autopsy of my son. Oh my God. Who's buying tickets to that? That's insane. <laughs> and in response, Tensor says, Wow. Which I was like, Correct. that's an incredible response for this guy to have. Like, even he's like, I don't know, man, that's fucked up. That's a lot. But Lang says, like, how radical are you? Are you afraid of a little of emotion? And Tensor says, I'm afraid of everything. And he walks away. Same, bro. And as he leaves, Lang says to him, if you do this, I promise you there will be some surprises. Allison, I got to ask, specifically if you were Saul Tensor, not yourself. Okay. What would you do? What would you do? The promise of surprises feels very tenser. Like, I feel like that's going to yes. be piquing his interest. Like, what would I, Allison Libby, do? I would have killed myself so long ago. <laughs> I would be in that upside-down yeah. cruise ship. It's I just couldn't. Like, I'm not, I'm not for this kind of world. <laughs> but if I— Yeah, it's a tough one, yeah. But if I am Saul Tenser, like, you know, there's, there's weird— vibes with the organ center there's people kind of criticizing my work every i'd be like i mean we'll talk about it emmy award-winning john mulaney presents everybody's in la a special run of six live episodes created by and starring mulaney that'll stream live on netflix during the netflix is a joke fest 
The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Hey guys, Sean Hayes here. Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to sit down with not one, not two, but three presidents of the United States on our recent episode of Smartless. That's because President Biden, a returning guest, brought two of his favorite pals, former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama, all joined us for unforgettable conversation. It's a historic episode of Smartless as we pry into the minds of these remarkable leaders. We'll cover everything from their time in office, America's responsibilities in the world, and their personal passions in an episode full of some candid stories, insightful perspectives, and a few surprises along the way. Whether you're a political junkie or just curious about the inner workings of the Oval Office, this episode is a must-listen. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to hear from three of the most influential figures in recent American history. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. If, if anything, you're being more open-minded than Tensor because Tensor is like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> Absolutely. And what I like about Cronenberg's um, movies is that uh, on the surface of it, yeah, that would be insane. It's like, you, you have a problem with this, like someone who's already dead, Meanwhile, you're doing all this, but like it, it, the movie follows its own internal logic. Right. Like you do believe where he's like, okay, like, yeah, I do a bunch of freaky stuff, but it's my body. Like, I, right. you know, I mean, that's what, which does coming feel from. like that is a line, I think. Absolutely. And they, and they do end up talking about this. And Caprice at one point was like, the whole point of our, what we do is that it's consensual. Like we talk about this, like, this is our own thing that we do. Right. To then do an autopsy. Is it's is is a different question, yeah, especially you know I mean? when it, it hasn't been discussed while the person was lit. Like if that's something where yes. you're like, I'm signing now that like you can use my body for performance art autopsies <laughs> from a large beetle or whatever the hell is going on, right? And then it's like, okay, well, that's what you wanted. Like I guess that's fine, but like for someone who did not consent to that, it feels um, icky. Yeah, it, it makes me think. I know we've talked about the podcast before, the bodies exhibit. Yes, and body worlds. And there is, um, like, uh, if you've ever, if it was seen, body worlds. Um, I guess this is sort of the German version, but yeah, uh, there's a lot of different. Um, uh, there was a moment in in our recent history where there were um, sort of displays of dead bodies, mm-hmm. which I, it is weird to think about because I was pretty pretty recent yeah um you know and uh people started to ask well uh you know because i remember seeing them i saw it in cleveland with my family it's like the early early to mid 2000s and uh, we saw bodies the exhibition is the one we saw and um you know a lot of people were like uh okay so like maybe some of these people did sign up but some of them like i i remember one in particular was a pregnant woman with with a fetus and they're like, what's the likelihood that that woman thought to do this? Like, what is, like, if I was pregnant, I would maybe have a living will. I wouldn't necessarily jump to bodies the exhibit. Yeah, no. Right? no. And then it finds out for a lot of those, they were basically um, uh, bodies obtained from China. And the uh, bodies the exhibit, I'm reading this, New York Times, bodies exhibitors admit corpse origins are murky. Michael Wilson, May murky. 30th, 2008. Basically, the bodies exhibition could not prove that they were not Chinese prisoners. And it literally, this is the first paragraph. It says they could not prove that they were not prisoners who may have been tortured or executed. The company promised refunds to people who have seen the exhibit. 
Well, I don't know if that's really the issue at hand. It doesn't really undo Honestly. what has happened here. Obtaining the corpses uh, of Chinese prisoners. Um, yeah, so, but again, like, it's like, that's that happened here. That's not even, like, the near, that's not even the crime of the future. That's the crime of the present, baby. Yeah. That's insane. That's insane. And I saw that. I saw that at, like, the Cleveland um, Science Museum. Yeah. Um, anyways, back to the future and the crimes thereof. Um, Tensor, he came, like, they came and they fixed all of his, um, machinery or his bio machinery. Unfortunately, he, his throat keeps closing up. Even he's trying to eat, he cannot eat or swallow. That's tough. So he could breathe, but he cannot consume food, which again, he looks horrible and he's constantly choking and gagging. And she's like, well, you were out late last night. It's like, I like in this moment, there's still like this, like jealous, like, well, well, what were you doing? Yeah. And he was like, I went to go see the performance. The ears don't even hear. Okay, embarrassing. But also, this guy Lang uh, propositioned me to perform an autopsy. And I want to talk to you about it. Allison, while they talk, Caprice lies nude in the Sark machine. Mm. And they sort of talk through how they would do it. And again, they have like some ethical concerns, also legal concerns, where it's like, legally, it's our our bodies. We could do whatever we want. Right. I, what does this even mean? You know, like, are you allowed to do that to a dead body? You know? Right. And while they're talking, the, the sort of the blade of the Sark slices Caprice's collarbone accidentally. And Allison, she asks him to keep going. And they sort of, they both take off their clothes and they lay together in the Sark and they hold each other as like the twin blades of the machine just sort of lightly cut yeah. them all. Okay. And they smile and they look at peace. Again, surgery is the new sex. We just and they're not in pain from that. No, they don't That's feel it. Weird. And I think the point is like we feel it. Like it's like we, we're brain. Like, yes. This to them, they don't. They're not in pain. We are experiencing we are that pain. as the observer. You know. Meanwhile, that night, Tensor meets with a man near the docks. It's Detective Cope. It turns out that Tensor is an informant for the new vice unit, specifically as it relates to all these new organs. Okay. And Cope says, okay, you're a performance artist. This is your whole thing. Why are you doing this? You're pretty deep into this. And he says, I am doing this because the entire point of my art is I am not comfortable with what is happening to me. I don't want this to be happening. I have to make sense of it. Yes. But I, wanna, I, I want you guys to figure out why the fuck is this happening and to stop it. I, this is incredibly painful to me. So if if figuring this out, like, I will help you guys. You let me know what to do. And he gives uh, Detective Cope Dr. Naster's information that he received at the Ear Guys party, or the Ear Guys performance. And The Ear like, Guys party. <laughs> and Tensor's like, why are you guys called New Vice? Like, what is the Vice part? Because there's no, cr- like, this isn't a yeah, Vice. Yeah, right. And he's like, I'll be honest, we just call it that because it's a sexier name. And it's harder to get funding with the original name, Evolutionary Derangement. It's like, well, oh, yeah, that is... I feel like we should fund the living fuck out of that evolutionary derangement. Like, let's keep an eye on what that is. (laughs) Yeah. Again, I'm sure there's so much red tape for getting funding for evolutionary derangement. A new department. But in exchange for his help, Tensor asks, uh, he says, I want information about Lang's wife, Juna, who is currently in jail for the murder of her son. He wants to just talk to her. So he goes to do that over at Lifeform where, so it's like during the day, Caprice has dropped off the Sark to be outfitted into an autopsy unit. Because they're like, we're going to go, f- we have qualms, but if we're going to do it, we should just start outfitting it now. Mm. And we see Burst and Router again. And they say like, so what's Tensor's d- deal? Like, what, why is he so sick? She says he has accelerated evolution syndrome. And that's what all the organs are. It's like they keep happening. And they're concerned again, like what sticks around for the next generation? You know, we don't have kids, but like, what does this mean for the right. human body to be evolving like this? And R- 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 I was like, well, he doesn't keep it, right? So, like, he gets them removed. 
I mean, like, don't you kind of want to keep him and see what happens? And Capri says, it's a breakdown of his entire system. The body needs order. And that's sort of like a larger thing. It's like the body needs order and we need to enforce that order on it. Right. Um, And then also, just because we needed to see some titties in this movie, Burst and Router sort of strip down and they climb into the Sark and they call us Caprice like, hey, get a look at us. And she's like, you guys are crazy. And I don't know if we're supposed to think they just had sex, but we don't see it. She's just like, you guys. And then we cut to. (laughs) Cut um, to later. Yeah. um, The Sark is smoking a cigarette. (laughs) Truly. um, Tensor shows up at Dr. Nassiter's office and Dr. Nassiter's like, oh my God. Thank you so much for coming here. I actually have something that you're really going to like. It's called a Riplock, which is basically a resealable zipper in Tensor's torso. So you could just go ahead and pop those bad boys out, and then you could reseal it. It's like a resealable Ziploc. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry. I thought this was about my political problem, which I uh, this woman told me I had. And he's like, oh, no, no. Politics will come later after, you're, after you've been registered. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, registered in the inner beauty pageant. And they have this moment where they, it's like, are you joking or what do you mean? Yeah, what and, are we and, talking about? And because it's the near future, Tensor's like, okay, well, sure, put it in, pop, pop yeah. that bad boy in. And Caprice <laughs> is waiting for him downstairs and he's again hacking and coughing all the way down the stairs. And she li- he lifts his shirt to show her the, the Ziploc bag. Mm. And he said, oh, you know, I'm going to register for the inner beauty pageant in the category best original organ with no known function. And she looks at the zipper and she's like, did he just make us obsolete? Because, like, that was our whole thing. It's like, now you can just yeah. take them out. And he says, no, it's just like a zippered fly in a pair of pants. It's not sensual. It's not art. Allison, you better believe Caprice gets down on her knees and tells him zippers have their own appeal. And then she unzips his torso and starts eating out his, what essentially is now a torso vagina. Right. <laughs> absolutely yeah no i and follow <laughs> and he sort of like <laughs> leans back against the wall and he says the nastiest thing in this fucking movie he tells her don't spill and i'm like right because oh. i guess all of his organs could potentially dump out while she's fucking going to town on his um you know i don't even know how to it, it's a, a vulva a vulva of the entire body i suppose i guess <laughs> when you're in a long-term relationship, you gotta keep it. You gotta correct. keep it spicy. You gotta keep it spicy. And look, you know, if anyone's like been married for a long time, just something to think about. You know yeah, go. maybe you get a torso vulva and kind of see what goes on there. But you know, don't spill. Don't do not spill. Do not you're spill. gonna be so upset. Do, do not, not do it spill. over the rug. Do not don't do, do it, it under the rug. That's a bathroom activity. Yeah, come on, stay in the bathtub. People. Wipeable tile floor. Um. So the next day, Tensor finally goes to see Juna, who is uh, Brecken's mother. And she tells him he was eating a waste paper, a plastic waste paper basket. What would you have done? And he goes, well, I wouldn't kill him. Yeah, right. Like, what, what are you talking about? Done? Like, I would be distressed. And she says, he was a thing that my husband invented to torment me. And Tensor said, I'm just going to say this. They didn't find the body. So the police don't even really believe that she did it. Like, she told them. She confessed. Oh, okay. But because Brecken's body is missing, because Lang took it, it's like, they don't, I don't know, how, how do you, prove to me that you even took it, you know? Right. And she's like, I don't know, maybe my friend, you know, my husband's friend took it, maybe they're going to eat it. He's like, are they cannibals, your husband? And he's like, no, they're only cannibals if you're a Barbie doll. And Tessa's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Okay. But finally asked, like, okay, so if there were to be an autopsy, something would be revealed about your son's body. If the police were to autopsy your son eventually, what would they find? And she turns and she tells him, outer space. 
Okay. Speaking of laying, Allison, stay with me. I am asking you to stay with me. Um, My son is full of outer space. That's why I killed him. Yes, outer space. Speaking of Lang, we see him go into um, a big sort of room, a compound, where there's a a group of revolutionaries, including a man named Tar. Two R's, okay, not to be mistaken with with Lydia Tar. Right, of course. Um, Though they probably do know each other. Yeah. And we see them manufacturing the purple bars that he makes. You know, so it's like these beautiful magenta bars, packaging them and um, bagging them up. And, Tar, and he tells Tar, how quickly can we sort of like wrap this up and be moved if we need to be? And Tar says, are we expecting trouble? And he says, we are going to do the autopsy. It is a go. Um, okay. Meanwhile, Confusing. so it's kind of like a dumpy space. Meanwhile, yes. a very elegant space. Caprice watches as a woman gets her face sort of cut into and mutilated with a scalpel by another woman. And she's incredibly compelled by it. Mm-hmm. Whippets there as well. And Caprice is like, oh my God, this guy... He's like, I'm sorry, we, new voice tells us we can't come to these things anymore, but, like, I have the fever for it. Like, I love this kind of art. Like, I can't not go. Mm. And the implication is, like, he and Timlin are now sort of, like, true believers in this kind of art as, like, this is the art, you know? Okay. And Caprice is like, okay, great, don't talk to me. I'm, I'm actually famous. So she goes to talk to the artist Odell, and she's like, oh, i thrilled with what happened to my face. I love trauma. And Caprice is like, I'll be honest, like, I saw what you were getting, and I had the desire to cut my face open. Um, Teal says, oh, my God, come to the hotel later. That night, we see uh, Caprice has had her forehead cut open and sort of a series of half-moon-shaped objects inserted inside the skin. Okay. That's like a yeah. thing that already people yeah, do. exactly. And then, so I think this is supposed to be not that, like, ridiculous. Yeah. Because so Tensor's really judgmental. But I think the judgment comes from, like, that's my thing. Like, oh, yeah, you're trying right. to my thing yeah. you're the muse like you're like the helper i am the star i'm and so they always have this sort of like the change in their dynamic mm-hmm. uh, and caprice is like i want to construct the brecken show and he's like it kind of already has a structure it's an autopsy. i mean I there's a start and a finish to this thing yeah she's like no i want to i don't want this to be your thing i want it to be like my thing basically meanwhile we see tensor whip it and invites tensor to the national organ organ registry and he's like, I'll be honest, I am the registrar for the inner beauty pageant. And it sort of takes some com- com- convincing when Tensor says, like, okay, well, I guess I'll compete. Like, you want me to just yeah. be, like, up for an award? I was going to do yeah. this stuff anyway. So you know, right. be like, okay. Um, but Timlin stops Tensor on the way out and sort of pushes him in, like, is being very aggressive both sexually and um, ideologically. She's like, I'm concerned. Like, it's so easy in our or like our line of work to be dazzled by the artists we meet. And I think that Whippet's been colluding with some subversive groups and I might have to turn him in because it's really unprofessional. And Tensor says, anyways, uh, have you guys ever got come across like a whole system? For example, say a whole digestive system. Ooh. Say, I'm just going to say this, a digestive system where you could digest plastic. Ooh. And she says, no, but I'll be honest, most of the organs we get are because people just remove them one at a time. Right. And she's like, wait, so you do you As soon as one shows up, you're going to exactly. remove it. You're not going to be like, I wonder if this will attach to something else new. Like, you'll, like, get it out. And she says, you don't think that if if someone were to keep them and let them accumulate, that that means that they were, and she said, oh, I almost said evolving. But she's like, you don't think it would actually m- mean essentially that you're, your digestive system would change. Also, at the same time, she's trying to make out with him. So she, like, reaches up to oh, Tensor's surprise. <laughs> and puts her fingers in his mouth and sort of scoops out his saliva and puts it in her mouth and then grabs his face and kisses Ooh. him. And 
he clears his throat and he goes, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not very good at the old sex and kind of like pushes her away. The old sex. <laughs> the old sex. So the autopsy's on Allison and they go to visit Lang and he has his son's body in a, like a freezer chest, like a, mm. you know what I mean? Like in his yeah. rundown apartment. They open it, look inside and Caprice just bursts into tears. And she's like, I don't think we should do this. Like she's immediately having, again, the normal like, being like, it's a kid. Yeah. It's a kid. It, you know what I mean? But Lang's like, it is necessary. And, and I, it, people need to know about it. And Tensor's like, well, wouldn't having a formal police autopsy have the same effect? Like, it would show right. the same thing. He's like, no, that's the fucking point. They're going to cover it up. They keep covering up what would, what it, what is true about his son. And so we finally have, like, the conversation about it. Lang holds up one of the purple bars and hands it to Tensor, but Tensor refuses to eat it. And Lang says, you have to let your body lead you into the future. And Caprice is like, no, no, we cannot do that. Saul would be dead if we just let his body go fucking crazy and, like, did whatever he wanted to do. We make art out of anarchy. We, we control. Like, his body is out of control and we need to control it. And Lang says, are you? Or are you actually interfering with a natural process that your body is go- trying to go through and you keep stopping it? Mm. And mm. Tensor's like, we will do this show. We will do the autopsy. Okay. That night, Tensor meets with Detective Cope and says, um, so I agree to do this. Uh, am I going to be arrested? But Cope says, no, um, I'm going to allow you to do that because it will let you infiltrate Lang's group. Okay. And So he's got know, a whole team. Yes. And Tensor's like, well, I don't actually know what the group is, so could you just fucking tell me? Finally, Cope says it. They eat plastic, Allison. Yeah. And, I mean, also, we all eat plastic. Right. But the thing is, <laughs> they can digest it. Mm. They, have, they have evolved. Okay. And they are capable of it, and the government is panicking about it because it is an uncontrolled evolution of the body, right? That seems like best-case scenario, what happens to us. I know. And I think that's the point of the movie is, like, you could be horrified by something, but it's only by getting through that horror could you actually get to the next phase. Yeah, we got to start being able to digest plastic. (laughs) We should be so fucking lucky. We're all going to be—it's going to be Activia with, like, plastic dissolving enzymes in it. This we're going to have to— be choking down. I know what, like, all of our toys the, in the nineties. Like, what would the bad thing about people being able to digest plastic be? It's entirely um, uh, existential and ideological, right? So, Detective Cope is like they're evolving away from the human path. And I think that's supposed to be like we're representing like how we think about religion. And I think there's a lot of different like allegories to me as a queer person. It's a mm-hmm. queer allegory. It's a trans allegory. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like us, our understanding of. And I think broadly, like, American culture is, like, Mm -hmm. the idea that we're using these old templates of how things are to be like, well, people did this in the Bible or people did this 200 years ago. It's like, we have to be able to move on. Yeah. It's killing us to to keep having to live in the way that we used to live. You see all the negative consequences of us not not running up into it, including climate change. We are in denial about it because we've always been in denial about it. We have to then move to the next stage. But you're right. There's no benefit to not acknowledging this. Right. Other than our own terror and the lack of control About that comes change. from change. Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Cope's like, yeah, just go ahead and do the autopsy because then you'll be in with the group and we'll be able to use you as a uh, undercover informant, basically. Um, meanwhile, Dr. Nassiter gets a knock on the door. Dr. Nassiter is also in his breakfaster chair trying to eat his, like, his, his like, egg or whatever. Mm-hmm. The door opens. It's router and burst from life form wear. And they say, oh, we got a call to fix her chair. Of course, we see them leave. We pan up. Dr. Nassiter is dead in the chair. They've killed him. <gasps> Meanwhile, we see uh, Tensor and Caprice. They visit um, Lang. And 
basically Lang sort of gives them the rundown. You know, mm -hmm. um, all the commune members have had an elaborate surgery to be able to digest plastics. We are okay. all, this is like, again, a, 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 not a cult necessarily, but a collective. Mm -hmm. And we all said, we're going to fucking do this. And he says, if we're going to live on the earth, we have to be able to eat our own industrial waste. We've gone Correct. too far. We have to be able to do it. Which, oh, believe, watch this. I'm like, yes, roll I'm credits. In. Absolutely. Everyone should be fucking getting this. But the thing is, Brecken was the first child born with a digestive system that can naturally digest plastic. Okay. So his father got the surgery, and then the mother freaked out about it and resented okay. Lang that Brecken was sort of becoming something other than human in a traditional sense. Right. But Tensor, again, because there's still some reality in this world, it's like, so you're saying your surgically acquired thing became heritable? That's not possible. And... And of course, Lang's like, it is possible. That's why we have to do the autopsy in a public way. There's no other way for me to get this information out so that the world will see there's a different future is possible. And it's a horrific mm -hmm. way to do it, but I don't know how else to convey this to people because otherwise it just gets covered up. Right. So Allison, it's time for the Brecken Show. And I ask you this question now, who will survive this film? Who will survive? Oh boy. Um... Well, Brecken's already gone out of the picture. Yeah. Um, I think that Lang will survive and, like, continue on in his efforts to bring plastic digestion to human evolution. Okay, great. I think Tensor will survive, but his partner will die. Okay. And then who are the... Uh, I think Cope will die. Okay. And then who we else got Whippet and Timlin from the um, organ registry. At least one of them is out of the picture, if not both. And then Burst and Router from Lifeformware. I want Router to survive because that name is too good to lose. Too good to lose. Too good to lose. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference... Sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com, and this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. So uh, we are now, it is the day of the show. Everyone's there. Whippin and Timlin are there, even though they shouldn't be there. Burst and Router are there too. And Tensor is sort of offstage controlling this Sark, and Caprice is essentially giving a eulogy. This is a tough fucking scene. This is one of the hardest scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Okay. But I also cried during it. Like I, I, I feel like I got what we were trying to get out of like depicting, yeah, a dead child. So you yeah. see his body. It is a little boy's body. Hmm. It's obviously digitally like altered. Like yes. I, I mean, it's not like a actual child that is like painted up and laying right. there. It's obviously 
it is a synthetic corpse. Yes. You know what I mean? But, you know, she starts talking about like, we've all wanted to see an autopsy, haven't we? We've all felt that the body was empty. Empty of meaning. And we've wanted to confirm that so that we could fill it with meaning. Caprice just starts crying because, yeah. again, she is feeling something in a world where it is very difficult to feel. And uh, we sort of see, you know, his, his torso, Brecken's torso is opened. And she said, let us look for meaning in, that lies locked in the poem that was the child. I'm going to cry. Sorry. Oh. No, it's just, uh, uh, but we'll talk about why I'm crying. Because to me, it's like, this is very, like, um, tied to a lot of stuff that's happening in, you know, society right. that we all are also, like, completely not in. Um, like, we're not having conversations about. Right. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. So, finally, they open up Brecken's torso. And when we see the internal organs, they are covered with tattoos, much like Caprice tattoos, tensors organs. Okay. But these are not Caprice's design, which are okay. very like, elaborate. These are like mother, a heart, anchor. This is a facsimile of Caprice's work, but it's not her work. Okay. And she says, she doesn't even notice that at first. And she's like, she's like, basically, we see that the um, the crudeness, the desperation, and the ugliness of the world has seeped inside even our youngest and most beautiful. And through this, we see that the world is killing our children. <laughs> oh, sorry, from the oh, inside God. out. And she's like, the problem with an autopsy is the problem with the first autopsy, which is like, this is the first autopsy you've done. Is right. Like, the first autopsy begets a second autopsy, begets right. a third. And if we don't learn from it, that's what's going to happen. Of course, everyone is horrified and is like shocked, which right. is the point of it. It's like, yes, well, it's well, performance art. Doing this? It's, exactly. It's like, all for like eliciting some kind of response like that. Where yeah. it's like, oh, babe, yes. we didn't do this for people not to be horrified. You know what I mean? Right. And then, um, but the thing is, the the organs appear to be normal human organs. They're not different in any way. Mm. And we see Lang run outside sobbing, and he runs out into the steps. And he's like, that's not what was inside him. That she must have done something. My ex-wife must have switched him out, or somebody did something. Oh. And Burst and Router find him on the steps. And they're like, you know, it wasn't her. She wouldn't have done that, you know? And he's like, no, somebody must have done it. And they say, well, it definitely wasn't your ex-wife. Allison, they both take out a power drill, and they just drill Lang in the back of the head killing him, not down the stairs. Oh, that's Meanwhile, I guess. Horrific. Exactly. <laughs> so Tensor meets Detective Cope at the docks, and Tensor also acknowledges, like, that was a hack job. Somebody replaced his fucking organs. Oh, what the fuck was that? And Cope's like, yeah, so sorry, we did have to do that. I, yeah, we had somebody replace his organs. It was actually Timlin from the National Organ, or, organ Registry. Oh. We cannot let people know the truth, which is that he did have an all-natural system that can digest plastics. Tensor is obviously extremely upset. Yeah, that's and deeply upsetting. He's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, bitch, who did you think you were informing to? We're the government. Yeah, they're only going to do the wrong thing every time. Right, like, we have to keep, like, cat can't get out of the box, man. People would be terrified. They'd panic. It is better for us to hide the truth than to have people panic when they mm-hmm. see reality. Right. Which does seem insane, but again, we do that constantly. Absolutely. And Tensor says, so who assassinated Lang? And Cope says, I actually don't know about that. That wasn't us. And Tensor says, well, I guess the only benefit of his death is he'll be a martyr. He'll be a martyr to the cause. Yeah. And Cope looks at him and says, like, the cause, like, you sound like you're a believer. And Tensor looks at him and just walks away. That night, he tries to sleep on the floor of his room. Okay. And he, of course he can't. He's, like, yeah. in horrible pain. And Caprice comes over and wakes him up. And she's also, like, shaking and gagging. And she says, you know, in your sleep, it felt like you were in pain. What is it like? And he, because she's never experienced pain. And he's like, it, it, it's hard to explain because I only, like, it, it becomes a part of the dreaming. So I can't really separate it. 
Mm. And she says, I was asleep too. And when I was dreaming, I felt like, I almost felt like I was feeling something. And they all talk about how they were dreaming of the, you know, Lang, Juna, and Brecken in the Sark together, you know, and that Caprice and Tensor were both at the controls. In the morning, he is back in the breakfaster and yet he cannot, Tensor cannot eat anything. And Caprice says, all right, what do you think? And he says, yeah, I think it's time. And she goes and gets one of the bars, the purple bars. And she hands it to him and he bites into it. And Allison, he smiles and his eyes filled with tears. The crimes of the future. What? <laughs> so I, I think we're to I think I, uh, yeah, I no, think no, you I. You let me know. What do you think happened? I think that they went and got those organs from the autop from the original organs. Um, I can't tell if I think that he, they did it together or maybe he did it, but like the fact that like, I think they went and got those organs and put them in his body to see if it would like solve. Ooh, his okay. Pain. See, I think that he naturally was evolving those organs naturally. So like he was someone oh, who, that that's what those were. Yeah. His body kept trying to, he kept removing them, but his body kept making organs so that he could also digest plastic. And that's so why he, he actually ate pain. plastic. It stopped the pain. Cause the pain was that he was like not getting something that keeps them going. Yeah. And I think not it's sort of like he's figure out the logic. He's trying to eat. Yeah. Again, it's a metaphor, but yeah, like we're trying to eat. Um, you're trying to put something in your body that your body can no longer handle. Right. So it's like, yes. well, confronting the horrific reality, which is, yeah, girl, you should be eating plastic. And when he finally does, it's interesting because I've seen people be like, that's a horrifying ending. I'm like, well, it's only horrifying if you don't want to acknowledge how much plastic is the planet. Like, yeah, right. Like that we might need this. (laughs) Yeah. To me, it was like, that's a very hopeful ending that there, it's possible for us to live on a planet that we're- we've destroyed. Destroyed, you know? But then the other thing, I'm going to cry talking about this, which is I was going to talk about like um, microplastics as sort of a theme, but watching this really the thing, you know, again, we're recording this on Friday, April 7th. The thing that came to mind was um, gun violence, you know, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. there's a Washington Post article. Um, if I think people should read it. I think it's, you know, I mean, it's something where it's like we all have to be cognizant of it. Mm-hmm. And so it is a Washington Post article. The uh, title is, this is how bullets from an AR-15 blow the body apart. I've seen and it this. is a conversation, and it has diagrams from uh, two actual child victims mm-hmm. of a shoot of a school shooting, and their children's parents are a part of this. Again, mm-hmm. this is also the authors. Let me read the authors' names in case you want to look it up. And Kirkpatrick, Ather um, Mirza, and Manuel Canales. This is on March twenty seventh, the Washington Post, and they talk about and show diagrams of this what the effect it has on a child. And the idea is it is exactly what you think it is. Yep. No one should own an AR fucking 15. And the, oh, I'm going to cry. The actual two shooting victims is a six-year-old Noah Pos- mm. Posner, 15-year-old Peter Wang. And they, you could see their entrance and exit wounds. And I know that it's horrifying to say, but I feel like watching this movie, it's like, this is the issue. It's like, yeah. we, in the movie, the only thing that could elicit any feeling from anyone was the death of a child. We live in a world where even the death of children does not rattle us. I mean, it rattles us. It doesn't rattle the people who are actually able to make any policies that would protect them. And and there is that, like, oft-circulated tweet or quote or whatever it is where it's like, it stopped being a debate about gun violence the second that we we didn't care when it happened at Sandy Hook. Um, Yeah. 
And I think uh, this week, uh, as you probably know, as people who are, you know, care about or listen to the news, uh, there are three uh, Tennessee Democrats Mm -hmm. who joined a protest, a anti-gun violence protest in the Tennessee Capitol. Two of them, Representative Justin Jones and Representative Justin Pearson, who are young black men, they were both expelled from the state legislature for taking part in a necessary protest. Right. And there is a third— That was led uh, by children who are genuinely afraid to go to school because of what gun violence has wrought in this country. Exactly. And, uh, you know, as the third person was uh, a—sorry, what is her name? Gloria. Yeah. Uh, Gloria Johnson, who herself called out, like— I am a six-year-old white woman. I was not expelled. I wasn't voted out. These two young black men were. Like that, again, like, so that's like the racist element of it. And I just want to bring that up specifically. One, these things are just going to keep happening, right? Like, so what can we all do to be engaged with it? To me, watching this is like, that's the problem is that we all should be it's sort of like, I feel like uh, conservatives, are like kind of like a, a, for a while, we're saying like facts don't care about your feelings. Right. Our feelings make the facts of this country. If yes. we we feel fucked out of this, we should make the fact of gu- laws regulating guns a reality. Absolutely. So the idea that our feelings are not important, we should be feeling. I, you know what I mean? Like I cry, like all reading all of this is horrifying. It's That's horrific. actually good. It is good the that desensitization to exactly. the violence that is happening that is so specifically endangering children is we need to continue to be as upset as we are yeah the first time because it is never less upsetting it is only getting worse and so uh, the thing that I because again I, I we're trying to think of like offering specific solutions so yes. obviously we're part of Crooked Media they have a uh, fund right now called Vote Save Tennessee so basically. Justin Jones and Justin Pearson were expelled. There's going to be a special election, at least as of right now, that's the plan. Again, this is going to come out in a couple weeks, so who knows what will happen. But they can be reelected to those positions. Also, if not them, other people who are not um, Republicans can be elected to those. So if you would like to be a part of it, if you live in Tennessee, there's a lot of different ways um, to become involved. Obviously, if you'd like to donate, if you don't live in Tennessee. And then just in general, if you want to you could Google Vote Save Tennessee if you want to donate to this, um, you know, for their campaigns. Alternately, if you just want to go to Vote Save America and find things for your states, there's a lot of, like, helpful information uh, connecting you with, mm-hmm. like, different organizations, ways to donate, and, like, dates around voting, which I know, again, people are very nihilistic about voting, but this is the exact kind of shit where it's like everyone has to be fucking voting. And we know that voting is important because they keep trying to gerrymander everywhere and prevent us from right. voting. So in right. case you're like, I don't know what to do. I can only vote, day, donate money. Keep doing that. Keep doing and both then of those also, things. You know, we're going to, like, we'll discuss and figure out ways that we could also show up. Because this kind of yes. stuff on every fucking possible way. Yeah, exactly. It's unacceptable. So we just wanted to bring that up and direct yeah. you to that. Um and we hope that is helpful to you. And if not, again, I don't know. It's like we all have to be talking about these things in whatever language makes sense. And mm-hmm. as we've discussed on the pod, like horror is a language that which we talk about horrifying things. This is a horrifying yeah. movie it, that is clearly an analogy for what we are doing to children. This is a mm-hmm. very specific example of like this should not happen. These right. people were expelled for standing up for what is right. So yeah. that's and just it. because that is, yeah. it, it's you know just because the Constitution says that you can have guns does not mean that we have to continue to always be held to that old, you know, it's the same argument as religion. Like, just because we did doesn't mean we always should. And we should evolve, and we should evolve, like, as far away from guns as possible. 
Yeah, and again, the founding fathers aside, like it's like they did, like they they could have never known that an average citizen would have an AR fifteen, anyways. Like it is horrific to think about. Um, Okay, uh, uh, back to the movie, (laughs) Allison. Um, What are some fatal mistakes you think people have may have made in Crimes of the Future? Fatal mistakes. I mean. That one guy should have gotten functional ears attached all over him. It's like, if you're going to do it, just do I'm it. Sorry, you know? like, like, just for show ears, get out of here. Also, I'm sorry, couldn't you just lie and be like, uh-huh, I hear right. out of all of them. Oh, don't be so loud. Like, how Who would anyone know if you can't hear? Right, nobody's going to, like, th- like, you were in charge of that truth. Like, you can just tell people. But also, it's his choreographer who is telling people. So that's yeah, very funny, too, where it's just like, it doesn't even work. Like, it's like, yeah. you're just spreading, like, intra-performance art community that's gossip. like a toxic artistic relationship. Oh, I love it. That's so funny. So great. Um, yeah, yeah. Other than that, I was like, well, I guess being bored in the near future, yeah. in the near future, huge mistake. You know? Everything seems, like... Everything seemed to be coming from the top down of a terrible place. So it's hard to like function within that when, yeah, you know, there's not much you can do. Um, and then I guess one thing that I don't think is addressed, or maybe I just didn't understand it, is like the when they killed Lang. Are we to believe that the people from Lifeware, um, Lifeformware, are killing people just so they can continue to sell these? Yeah, because like, I guess there's actions? probably people like Tensor where it's like, oh, the evolution of these organs and organ systems is painful until you are, like, eating plastic and aware yeah. that you can digest plastic. And it's like, he didn't, like, if he doesn't need the bed and the chair anymore, then they're out of customer. Yeah. Capitalism, so I think that baby. is what we're supposed to, I know. Yeah, so, uh, again, uh not a film for everybody, a tough watch for sure, but something I really got a lot out of and felt really relevant now. Yeah. For um, sure. where are we putting this on the spooky scale, Allison? A spooky scale. I mean, this one, this feels like an eight, nine. It's yeah. trouble, the troubling scale, it's a 15. Yeah, I'm gonna give this a nine. This really nine fucked feels me up the right. first time I saw it, and it fucked me up again. Yeah, it's sort of like how hereditary isn't scary most of it. It's just mm-hmm. deeply disturbing. Yes. Like this is not like, oh my God, but there are so many moments where it is you're so filled with dread in a way that um is terrifying. So I agree. I'm gonna give this a nine. Yeah, nine feels right. Uh, well, everyone, thank you for listening to this tough episode. If yeah. you just joined us, this was a doozy to join yeah. us on. Welcome to ruined. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've been a long-time listener, thank you for joining us as we make this the switch over to Crooked. Um, yes. Obviously, nothing on your end will change other yeah. than uh, us becoming more politically um, <laughs> uh, minded about it. But that's that's we're all there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was happening I, I, either way. Yeah, anyone with any platform has to be talking about these. There's really no other way we're going to be able to fix any of this if we're not engaging with these ideas and talking to each other about them. So thank you for listening, and um, you know, listen until next time, please. Keep it spooky. Ruined is a Radio Point and Crooked Media production. We're your writers and hosts, Hallie Kiefer and Allison Leiby. The show is executive produced by Alex Bach, Sarita Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder, and recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. From Crooked Media, our executive producer is Kendra James, with production and promotional support from Ari Schwartz, Kyle Siegelin, Julia Beach, Caroline Dunphy, and Awa Okalati. Follow at Ruined Podcast on Instagram and Twitter for show updates, and at The Radio Point and at Crooked Media for more original content.
Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.